You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com for the link to the Batman Podcast Network, which has a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also dives into other nerdy subjects that we all love to frolic about in our free time. And the Batman Book Club is now a part of Patreon, so if you like what's happening with the show and you'd like to support it, just go to patreon.com slash the Batman BC. Now, thanks for listening to episode number 76, Tower of Babel. And returning to the show, joining me for this discussion is a man who is no stranger to this show. He's also no stranger to podcasting as he is dipping into it constantly for his show, World's Finest True Believers and Marvel Alliance. My pal, Chris Balga. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. It's a great pleasure to be here. Ah, it's a pleasure that uh, to host. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you. There we go. <laughs> That's so weird. It's a pleasure. There we go. We'll just words say it's a tough. pleasure. W- words are tough. As <laughs> as as one of my favorite uh, YouTubers would say, "Uncanny Omar talk pretty one day." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got it. Words are tough. Putting them together is even more tough. Um, yes. You were on last time. Let's see. You came back for the hat trick. What did we talk about last time? Was it? Was it was Hush. Night? It was Hush. It was Hush, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hush. And that was a good time. Because mm-hmm, um, I think, yeah. Um, well, was it? Yeah, I think it was. No, you're right. It was Curse of the White Knight. Yeah, because. Um, so, yeah. So I, I'm almost certain it was Curse of the White Knight. Darn it. I don't even know. I'm probably maybe taking <laughs> someone else's. Darn it. I know we've done uh, Hush. I, I know yeah. we've done Hush. Curse of the White Knight. Yeah. So first Curse one was Hush and uh, Curse of the White Knight. Yeah. A sequel that I I, I still stand by that many times can outshine the original um i don't want to argue with that i don't know that i want to agree i want to say that i love it just as much as i love the first still oh, yes. so there we go yeah. So uh, and, that, and that's a hot take. I don't give too many really hot takes, Whoa. but that's one that sometimes surprises people. I said, I don't hate the original. That's not what I'm saying. I said <laughs> at many points, I think just because he went, he doubled down so mm-hmm. much in that book on what was successful, but I, I'm there for it all. So, yeah, I'm stoked to see what he comes up with for beyond the white Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, seeing that, seeing the, uh, the sketches he's put out there already is pretty impressive. Yeah. I agree. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, before we dive into today's main event, I'd like to ask you, what have you been reading Batman wise lately? Uh, back issue wise, I am starting my reread set slash reading for the first time. Uh, Snyder's run on Justice League uh, because I haven't read Death Metal. I mean, I, I, I know exactly what happens. I, I don't, I can't not avoid the news and things like that. So, but I haven't read death metal proper, but in order for me to really do that, I need to kind of, I started Snyder's run and then got to a point where the new issues weren't yet on DC unlimited infinite mm. or DC universe infinite. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so now that the whole, his whole runs on there, I'm, I'm starting that, but also I'm, um, I'm, I'm current on, 
most yeah i'm current on all the new releases at that point so from joker to the beginning of fear state uh batman 89 so all right but i've been uh i've enjoyed batman 89 the the two issues that have come out and fear state's going to be interesting i'm always saying do we need that many (laughs) (laughs) tie-ins there's 30 something issues i think in in july it was it was telling i think the in the back of DC books, they did a checklist of uh, all the books. If you want the whole story. And it was kind of intimidating. It, it was, <laughs> but I'll tell you what the, probably my, the gem of all gems that is shining through of all the bat titles, Tom Taylor and Nightwing, Tom Taylor. Nightwing is just <laughs> can't miss. I, I, I really, I've yet to read a bad Tom Taylor book and man, it's, it's, it's a welcome breeze that, to have, to be a night as big of a Nightwing fan as I am to really look forward to reading Nightwing again. This is the first time I've ever been can't miss Nightwing. Oh, it's uh, the last thing on my it's the last thing I read. I like stack things on things that when I read the new releases, yeah. it's the things that eh, okay, I, I, I mean they're going to be surprised or not and then kind of goes down but I save the best for last and I yeah. always save Nightwing's usually if not my last book I read second to last. This that he's been teasing with Bruno Redondo, I believe, of mm-hmm. uh, issue 87 that's coming. And mm-hmm. apparently, I don't know if you've come across that. I've what seen, doing I've seen with some that? tweets. Yeah, I've okay. seen some tweets. Yeah, so not a spoiler, hopefully, but it's going to be like a continuous image, I think, is what they're really heralding it as. And I'm really, it's so, that's so risky on their end. That's such mm-hmm. a, a mind, um, warp to create that i think but then i can't wait to see how do they accomplish that and what exactly do they mean and i uh, and, i don't know and i think the good thing with tom taylor is that you know with all this movement towards like Substack and things like that tom taylor's gotten to a point right now where he has dabbled in so many different things including animation mm-hmm. comics but even his comics he doesn't stay long and he probably the longest he's ever stayed on one thing is probably deceased and injustice. But the rest of the stuff he stays on, he gets to a point. It's like, all right, I'm good. And so yeah. he hasn't had that kind of burnout, like in, in the sense of staying with, you know, DC, like I think Snyder has had and, and others have had like Tinian has had. It's just like, you're just doing one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, yeah, I'm on a first name basis with him now. Tom, hey, that's cool. Tom, good old, good old Tom. Yeah, that <laughs> that guy. He's he's. Uh, I was gonna say spread his seed, but I don't mean it to sound wrong. He's got his hand dipped in a bunch of different <laughs> <laughs> words. Remember words? Yeah, words. Um, yeah, basically he's dabbling a lot, and he's just uh, good. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I can say. So, all right, Chris is up to date on a lot of cool yep. stuff. Um. We're here to talk about Tower of Babel. Now, mm-hmm. this is originally a Justice League and still remains a Justice League story. More on that in a second. Uh, that was released in 2000 from issues 43 through 46, uh, written by Mark Wade, illustrated by Howard Porter. Uh, included also is Secret Files number three. Um it there were issues were released physical issues were released it was collected in a trade uh, earlier this year was a deluxe hardcover edition and 
It's available digitally. It is available on DC Universe in finite. It's on my beloved Hoopla app. For this episode, Mr. Balgo, you just showed me, but tell everyone else, what version <laughs> did you have that you I, uh I read? have the deluxe edition. Um I originally had the trade paperback. I do have DC Universe uh, DC uh Universe Infinite. Uh but I had not had a chance to kind of crack this open and reread it at this point. Perfect. And so I said, this is a good opportunity for me to stretch that spine and um, do some physical reading opposed to my usual digital. Now, can you hold that up next to your head so I can see how that looks huge? Not your head, <laughs> the book. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's your standard kind of deluxe, you know, this, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the, the cover is okay. You know, it's, yeah. It, it it was diff- it was wasn't the one I was hoping they would go for. It's a it's a new one, but um, it looks good. So. I gotta say, so yes, I think it looks good. I think it is Howard Porter at a most recent Howard Porter. So I think that's mm-hmm. a new image drawn for it. Yes, am I yes, okay? It is. Because if you look inside the book at Tower of Babel's art. That's a, an older Howard Porter style. Like this mm-hmm. style, definitely. Um, that's what I'm used to with Howard Porter. But were you hoping that the cover was going to be the, I mean, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but the iconic Ra's al Ghul with all of the, the super suits on crosses? I... Or no? See, the thing is, um, I I was saying... No to that. I was okay. either hoping for um, the cover of issue 44 with Batman and the puppet, like the league as puppets or uh, yeah. what they, I would have been completely fine if they just reused the cover from the uh, original trade with Batman standing over the league in the snow. Yeah, that one's a good one too. Okay. Yeah. This new one's, this new one's all right, but uh, I do love covers that seem a little bit more, on point um, it, it kind yeah, of on point with the title of the story mm-hmm. so this one he kind of says like okay well batman is more looming in the background can't get too much and the, and the good thing with the deluxe edition is that it does give a number of issues um prior to that it's not necessary that you read it yeah. um because this is still in the beginning of um mark wade's run on justice league after he took over for um grant morrison mm-hmm. which is a highly regarded run i've Mm -hmm. read some of that and i loved what i'd read from that one too Mm -hmm. so i just know that that's a very popular uh run from the 90s uh do you remember the first time that you read tower of babel i would say this is around the time i was really getting back into comics and i was just at that point i'd been out since kind of grade school and so getting back into college i was really digging deep into you know literally just googled like top 25 greatest batman stories or stories you have to read mm-hmm. and, and on so many different lists tower of babel was all was usually in the top 10 mm-hmm. and, and some lists that cracked the top five but you know everyone can make a list i've i've lists that change all the time but <laughs> When you kind of see certain ones consistently, this is like, okay, I have to get this. This is like on yeah. my must buy list. I must read this. And so it definitely wasn't first run. Mm-hmm. Okay. For me, it, I think it was. Oh, it had to be. 
less than 10 years ago, but like around closer to 10 years ago for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was a late comer to this story, but like you, I'd come across this Tower of Babel story a lot. I uh, I know the Justice League Doom animated movie, which we'll touch on later on, um, mm-hmm. was based on this Tower of Babel story. And so I finally felt like I need to I need to read this because it's highly regarded for it as a Batman story. Now, uh, why Tower of Babel? Batman has always been someone as the planner. He's always got plans. He's always got, you know, contingencies upon contingencies. He's he's the one. He's one of the best tacticians in the DC universe. Uh, and we can play the argument gang of others like Deathstroke and, and others along the line. But knowing that we've seen during this era mm-hmm. and more so even after the lack of trust he has. And that's what kind of defines Batman is that when you're dealing with, you know, stealing from injustice, God's God's among, you know, God's God's on earth at that point, God's among men. Um, there's a chance that he could go rogue. And so of all people to have contingency plans against his quote unquote friends, Batman would be the one to have them. But what happens when Batman is thrown off his game and someone takes those takes those plans and puts them into effect. It's almost like what happened in war games, mm-hmm. you know, except mm-hmm. it wasn't an enemy. It was someone that didn't understand his plans. And then <laughs> there goes Gotham again. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because you and I were talking about this briefly right before we started recording. But this this episode follows. uh episode 75, which was Batman Gotham Noir, but was not a straight up Batman story. And I always say at the Batman book club, this has to be a Batman story. And if he's not, he has to be very important to the story if it's not called Batman. So in this case, this was Justice League Tower Mm -hmm. of Babel. So if you have read the story, I think you definitely can see how this this book counts. It's Batman Mm -hmm. book club certified. (laughs) <laughs> it, um, it is no no rotten tomatoes needed but <laughs> i think this is a turning point for what would define batman going through infinite crisis mm. because this sets a very big stage of how the league looks at batman and how the the in at the end of the at the end of the four issue arc what happens at the end and and the next one that follows up at that point, you know, how does the league deal with the aftermath of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. With remove Batman from the story, mm-hmm. there is no tower of Babel story. I don't, it just, so. yeah, it, it doesn't land as much just because of, you know, who our, our villain is that initiates these plans and, and what it is, what it is. It just, could I see, I'm just trying to think of like, if there was no Batman and in, in the league, the current league makeup of it. Mm-hmm. I don't see anyone in the league going to this, having these contingencies to affect outside of and correction. We do find out that Martian Manhunter dabbled in this, mm-hmm. but he even said he got rid of him mm-hmm. at that point. So, so Martian Manhunter, but again, he's, I think his moral compass is a lot more. If we had to put him on a rank, he was a lot more his, he'll, they'll believe in his heart and the best of people. While Bruce Batman will always see the, um, 
what if. Yeah. He's he's always just prepared, which mm-hmm. a lot of I think people can and we know for we we all love Batman that yes, he can be cynical, uh mm-hmm. pessimistic, but he has to have that approach because his character is so prepared. He is ready. He's got plan D for a plan C. He's got everything thought out. And it, that's, I think, Mark Wade for this story. That's exactly what he has. Uh, that's what he brings to light with this story is kind of mm-hmm. Batman is prepared. But is he crossing? Like, is he betraying his allies? Is he betraying and, his friends? And of all people to write the story, Mark Wade with his encyclopedic knowledge of the DC universe and the things that he was able to saying, well, if Batman has a plan for everyone, Mark Wade, what is that plan? Mm-hmm. How does he take out the league? Some of them are very simple. Like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Other ones are very creative. Yeah. So I, let's just, because sure, we can talk about some of the other members of the justice league, mm-hmm. but I think Batman, he's like, he it just spreads out into the ramifications of his actions definitely are the highlight of the story for me. So in a quick nutshell, if you haven't read this story, we're going to spoil the heck out of it. So uh, come back after you've read it. But uh, each one of the members of the Justice League, so Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, um, Martian Manhunter, and Batman, in which the Plastic Flash Man. Is... Plastic Man, yes, thank you. Yeah, and okay. Aquaman. Okay. Aquaman, yeah. And, and Aquaman. Um, also, it's not... Barry Allen as the Flash. Some people may not know this. I think when I first read this, my DC knowledge was was kind of small. And so mm-hmm. it took me a second. Oh, this isn't Barry Allen. It's all good old Wally. And um, each one of them are. They're under attack, basically. And we can do a quick rundown. So yeah. uh, Green Lantern is blind. Uh, flat. Uh, no, hold on. Superman, he arrives in Metropolis and nothing is words. What would you say that the best way to describe the words? It's it's basically it's become words. Everything's jumbled. Like every like people, what they're trying to, they can't read because it's like looking. It's, it's one thing they say like in a dream and Mm -hmm. try to rationalize this because in the dream, when you dream, you know, you're in a dream because you're, you're, right side, your creative side of the brain, if we're going to break it down like that, your creative side is in control. So nothing logically can be read in a dream. So it's like, you know, this is like you're living in a dream. As we all learned from the Mad Hatter <laughs> Batman, the animated series episode. There we go. There we go. Someone, someone, someone paid attention in class. That's right. All right. Go me. Oh, uh, Martian Manhunter is on fire. Mm-hmm. Aquaman is terrified of water. Uh, whoever Wonder Woman is, um, what's the word? Not like having a vision. Well, she, she, I guess she's is? she's basically yeah, she's kind of in a vision or kind of stuck in a in a in her own mind. Yeah, there you but. go. Um, and Batman's parents' graves have been emptied. Coffin's yep. missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how it starts off. That's why that first thing is his whole thing is thrown off because he's so focused on getting back his his parents. Yep. And Plastic Man. It's <laughs> nothing against Plastic Man. I keep forgetting about him. Uh, he's shattered into a ton of pieces. Yep. And yeah, going back to even Superman, like the real thing is um, 
Uh, yeah, his a, a synthetic kryptonite is is used against him to uh, basically his his skin becomes transparent. Yes. Okay. Whew. Okay, that got that part. So who's behind I, all this? Also creative on Mark Wade's part that he doesn't hide it. He doesn't have this big no. hero, you know, the behind the curtain reveal. No, we know from the beginning it's Raz Agul or Rachel Agul, however you prefer to announce it, pronounce it. It's it's Raz. And why? Because he classic Al Ghul fashion wants to take out a lot of people in the world because they're ruining the planet. He knows oh, that he up. has. I know. Right. Um. <laughs> uh, he knows the Justice League of America will be there to try and stop him. So he knows I need to take out them or not even take out, take them out, distract them so mm-hmm. I can carry on with my own plans in which he has a, a gas that he's going to take out, a or start a war in the Middle East and drop some gas and, you know, classic Razagul. But the, it comes, what comes to light is, Raz got all of these weaknesses because they're very specific attacks, which the Justice mm-hmm. League uh, finds out. These are very specific attacks. I think Flash might be the one who realizes it at first. But these are these are really specific problems. Like uh, somebody knows, and it's revealed that Raz, through Talia, uh, stole these from Batman. So Batman mm-hmm. is basically he has a plan on how to take out each member of the Justice League. So where do you want to go from that? We have set the stage. It It's just an interesting why, you know, how this all kind of comes about. Yeah. You know, and, and the revelation of it, it's, they're all being taken out and basically they can't initially figure out like, how is this happening so quickly? Who could possibly be, and so when, you know, Roz reveals himself at that point as being someone is like, okay, it makes sense, but it's deeper than that. How yeah. does he know all of these different ways? And it's, it's at that ending. It's not until the second issue that it's revealed when Bruce is yelling, it, all my plans, the traps, the signal track, cause they were mine. Superman, mm-hmm. I did this to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's like, oh, wow. Okay. So we always knew Batman was paranoid, but wow, he's he's really gone off a different way that he secretly found a way to take down. And it's, for a lot of them, it's not that hard. I just think it's the more creative portion of it, of how taking certain people out makes sense. Like, okay, you got to take water mm-hmm. out of, you know, Aquaman being afraid of water. Okay, that makes sense. Or just make sure fire with Martian Manhunter. But taking away Green Lantern's sight, that's pretty darn creative in that sense. But knowing who we know about Kyle the artist of the lanterns you take away his sight he can't he can't create his constructs his mm-hmm. creative side so i i really found it that was the biggest thing i find fascinating about this is just the unique ways that he develops into taking out the league and it, it's especially just you're like okay you're trying i'm trying to rationalize this at this point reading the book is just like okay, I can see Batman's rationale. Mm-hmm. I, I, you never know what's happened. I mean, how many different times could we see a, any member of this league going rogue? It could happen. It could be mind control. They've had in the way past the league been mind controlled and body swapped at that point. So why not develop contingency plans? 
It makes you know? it it makes sense if you break it down and think about it. And mm-hmm. especially for a character like Batman, who's supposed to be prepared for everything. That's his contribution to the Justice League, to these mm-hmm. to these gods, you know, that what does he have to bring to the table? His brain, his intelligence, mm-hmm. his planning, uh, contingency plans, like you just said. And, and remember, Superman years prior had given Bruce kryptonite. Yep. So yeah. and it's something that already, was he already had it capitalized on. In a very small moment of of Hush, when you know, I know Hush came after this, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Loeb had to have read Tower of Babel and been in for the line where he even says it, it comes about that Superman's glad that he gave Batman the kryptonite of mm-hmm. someone to stop him, which he utilized that kryptonite to stop uh, Superman in that story. So all of this just totally it does make sense for we need somebody to check these heroes if they get out of line. Mm -hmm. But then you look at the flip side of it is when the league finds out the betrayal, they feel Mm -hmm. that someone they look to as a friend, as a colleague, as a mentor, as someone who is looked at as the, one of the founding members of the justice league, they feel betrayed. They said, how could you do this? How could you not tell us you were doing this? I think that it was Wonder Woman that said that. And I think this time around, it stuck with me really well. This may have been only like the third time I've ever read the story. But Mm -hmm. I I feel like it was Wonder Woman who who said it. I apologize if I'm wrong. But the whole factor of you could have just told us, Bruce, and then we would have been okay with that. And I think that's the striking point for me of Mark Wade. he, He creates this great question about. Here's an example. Is Batman right or wrong here? And there's great arguments for both sides because Mm -hmm. we can totally understand it. Uh, It makes complete sense out of the league. Who would you want to have this information? Batman. Uh, But on the flip side of that, in this case, who I think it is Wonder Woman of saying, if you'd have just told us we'd feel better about this, would it feel less betraying? And it's it's she has a point there, too. And to relate it to. Real life, because all these superhero stories are real. You know? <laughs> yes. Your best friend knows everything about you. Would I feel good knowing that they're taking all these talks we have and basically just loading up his arsenal just in case we have a fight? That'd probably and- make me feel a little. Yeah, I'd, I'd feel a little betrayed by this. And I wouldn't feel so great about that person because it would feel so our talks, our friendship is disingenuous. Then instead, I'm just mm-hmm. arming you. And, you know, I, I, I see that point and it's a valid point, but the counter I have to that with, with, you know, her saying to some extent, like, if you would have told us we would be okay with that, I said, no, I really don't think any of you would be that okay with one member who controls the information of how to take you all out. Mm-hmm. Because one, he's not going to tell you exactly how he's going to do it, because then, you know, and you're going to try to find a way to just in case you have to counter it to go against it. You know, it's not yeah. that's not realistic. But, you know, this, as I said, this kind of leads to more of an impact of Batman being now even more of the outsider of the league in the sense of not the league not being able to trust him. And, you know, how how far is he willing to go? I mean, he could say, oh, OK, I'm not going to do it again. But really? I, 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 that for for Bruce to Bruce to ever say like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Wink. <laughs> yeah well it's, i mean to add to that too in another on the flip side of the flip side 
Yeah. If, if you all knew that he has a contingency plan and what that is, well, then now he's like, it's not worth anything. Yeah. Because now, you know, Batman knows my weakness. So I need to, I need to make sure that's not my weakness. And so then it's like, okay, well now the weapon's like, uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the word of doesn't work there we go words tonight <laughs> it's, my gosh <laughs> it's well it's like what they say in the movie inception it's like a magic trick the you don't show them how the trick is done they'll beg for it they'll plead for it but the minute you tell them it's worthless to you so i mean that's a trick not with dealing someone's life but if anything this i get again i get the betrayal that they feel but if anything Batman may, and I love the line he uses in Justice League Unlimited, where he's like, where they're voting at that point to to make a major decision, and he says, "I, I, you seem to forget, I'm a part timer. I don't, <laughs> your rules don't apply to me at that point." <laughs> and and, and the, but the idea that deep down, he no, he will do what's right. He's mm-hmm. not going to. We have not seen, at least at this point, Batman just go rogue. Mm-hmm. against the league without reason yeah you know yeah and i think i don't think he goes rogue here either it's no oh unfortunately an enemy got a hold of one of his weapons his weapon mm-hmm. being the weapons against all the other justice leaguers but uh and he's still trying to do the right thing and i i i'm biased i don't think batman's in the wrong but you know what justice league members sack up okay <laughs> Like (laughs) you should be honored to have a hero like that who is ready to stop you if you get out of hand. Mm. Uh, Again, like I said, I think it's, I think it's very naive for Wonder Woman saying it. We would have been okay with that. Again, I think you'd have a, I think you'd still be upset. I don't know if you'd all be okay with saying, okay, Batman's going to be responsible for the one to take us out because their account of that is, well, wait a minute, Batman's a man. He can be corrupted. He can, you know, he can betray it. They're not wrong, but guess what? So can you all. So either we're going to have a contingency plan just in case, or we're going to roll the dice and play Russian roulette with basically five in the chamber and hope that you don't hit that one that, uh, hope, hope you can get to that one. That's the empty chamber because basically <laughs> you're playing with a full, almost a full load there. Yeah. Somehow, Mark Wade, he stumbled across a great conversation piece mm-hmm. in as a basis of this story. And with that, so Tower of Babel, uh, the title in itself, uh, I'm going to just read. All right. So this is kind of a long paragraph from Britannica Online, but I can't. Mm-hmm. You've heard how I have put words together so far in this episode. <laughs> I can't try and explain this for myself. So quickly. Tower of Babel in biblical literature is a structure built in the land of Shinar, Babylonia, sometime after the deluge. The story of its construction appears to be an attempt to explain the existence of diverse human languages. According to Genesis, the Babylonians wanted to make a name for themselves by building a mighty city and a tower with its top in the heavens. God disrupted the work by so confusing the language of the workers that they could no longer understand one another. The city was never completed and the people were dispersed over the face of the earth. So some interpretations of that for this story is uh, God himself wanted to make sure that the world was diverse. So he Mm -hmm. made it a struggle for anyone to understand the same language in this in this area, which caused diversity, which caused people to leave and disperse and start their own areas with their own languages. Uh, 
that's the story in coming with Tower of Babel. This is the construction of this when all of that mm-hmm. happened. So in relation to this story, Chris, do you have how did you interpret the title of this story? Whether in how did you interpret the title of the story? And then do you relate it to the story of the Tower of Babel in any way? Um a little bit in the sense of of, of it, but I'd say the more more when I got into it, especially when language was yes. one of the biggest attacks at that point, the babble, you, it becomes, you know, mm-hmm. it's a play on words he's basically using. Okay. Because I was strictly trying to think of the construction of a tower in which Roz has a tower that when mm-hmm. the world then has confusion because they can't put words together, like Ryan Lauer, mm-hmm. they, the, that, that to me is like, oh, okay, is this this is the Tower of Babel? But then the whole uh, God intervening as the story goes and creates to where people can't understand each other, and it's like, okay, well, a little bit of that element uh, is at play in here that Roz has started, and amongst the league there for a really short amount of time in this story, they can't understand each other over their their earpieces, their comms. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made it to where it's just nothing but babble uh but to be that's like the only part that i can really relate is because there wasn't much of an emphasis on the tower itself that Roz had correct built. and the and it's not like the there was much emphasis on the language ba- uh problem it was oh that was back in metropolis there at first it seemed like and that was kind of it that wasn't a problem amongst other citizens and eventually it became a worldwide problem but still wasn't the focal point of the story so mm-hmm. i think as with kingdom come uh wade is a i think he had he's very just like he's knowledgeable with dc he's very knowledgeable on uh history of religion and aspects so mm-hmm. i think that he chose that the title for a reason it to me isn't as um as obvious of a connection, I guess. Yeah. Which I'm not no, saying that that's agree. a negative or anything like that either. It's just, it's not as like, Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. <laughs> um, as maybe I was expecting it to. That's all. Mm-hmm. But it yeah, makes sense it, that it's Roz and he dabbles into some of that stuff. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, Roz, Roz almost plays kind of a, He's the villain, but he's so much in the background at different points. You almost forget it. You almost say, like, oh, yeah. wait a minute. Batman's not the real villain. It's really Roz. Like he, he, he like you, you almost kind of forget at points. Yeah. Uh, which is surprising. But this is only four issues. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like the story moves. Oh, yeah. And we have so many characters to get to. Like We need to we really need to make sure that we see that each hero is in trouble. We -hmm. can't just gloss over it and just have Superman come in and say, Hey, all the justice leaguers are having problems and that's it. (laughs) Instead, we got time to see how each one is affected and the problem with each one. So uh, I don't need a setup from Roz before every single person is attacked. Yeah. And now we will go get the Flash. Now we will get Green Lantern or anything like that. So he's a background player mm-hmm. and that works that works perfect for this story. It's fine. Yeah. And it, it, it works. And again, he's 
it, it's more just seeing the act and we're almost looking out. We're almost more fascinated by how are they going to get out of this situation? How yeah. are they going to recover? How are they going to overcome the, the, this attack? Yeah, that's a good point because most of the time, it, I mean, it's cliche, obviously to hear the, the, it's a, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And mm-hmm. I don't remember flat out the first time I read this, how I was feeling and reading it, but I feel like he had just kind of know it's going to end up okay, but man, how are they going to make it okay here? Yeah. Kyle Rayner can't see, you know, <laughs> we are doomed <laughs> and Superman is a mess and Martian Manhunter is on freaking fire and uh, Wonder Woman's delusional right now. She's, she's playing a, a tote, like, her mind is elsewhere and a whole, like all of this stuff. And it, it is very much, um, our heroes are really, man, they're really taking it on, <laughs> taking it in this story. Yep. <laughs> in which I guess a question for you. So what do you, who do you think got it the worst? Um, I would say it would have to be almost a, Martian Manhunter definitely ranks up there. Yeah. Um, considering he's probably one of the last ones to to kind of recover. Mm-hmm. A- and Aquaman probably is is right up there with it just because, again, like he literally can't survive. Yeah. <laughs> For, you know, it, 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 whether it be his his physiologically or just the idea that um you, you can't survive without even imbibing water. You know, yeah, <laughs> you can survive longer without food, but you can't survive. So you can survive even much less without water. And that's how I feel. So Batman's is disturbing to go put flowers on his parents grave and then mm-hmm. they're both dug up and missing. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty disturbing. Bruce can keep living. Yes. Uh, Kyle Rayner can't see he can keep living. Mm hmm. Aquaman needs water to survive and he's terrified of water. Okay. He can't survive if, (laughs) if he doesn't get water. So I, I too think that I think that Aquaman gets it, gets it the worst in which I guess I didn't specify. He's terrified of water because of a, a scarecrow, uh, that fear gas, fear gas that Batman has in his bat cave that he's working Mm -hmm. or no, or was it at the, uh, up in the the watchtower, is that where he was? Uh, where Aquaman was, he was at like a there was a um no, attack I, on the UN or something. No, I think the no because so in this deluxe edition, I don't know if it was in your trade paperback. There's a secret files number yes. three yep, chapter yep, yep, yep. in which mm-hmm. basically that's some filler, which not needed, but I really appreciated that it was in here because I I enjoyed it of getting we got Talia basically an internal uh, monologue about how she went and got she's the one who retrieved all of this stuff from Batman. And I think I think that was in the watchtower because then she heard Flash, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, them coming back and she was able to escape escape. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Okay. Um, Yes, 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 yes. yes, You're right. That's a cool issue. And I I do like this. Sometimes there there are moments of I don't need to know how that happened. Um, I guess I didn't need to, but I appreciated finding out how, because we got the details on what specifically. And in this case, we saw how 
well, how did Aquaman get terrified of water? The one mm-hmm. thing he needs to live. It's like, oh, it's Scarecrow fear gas that Batman had been working on. Eh, okay, yeah, that makes that makes sense. That makes total sense. Um, let's see here. Is uh, you want to touch on Howard Porter's art? Like, what do you think of the art for this story? Yeah, I liked it. It's 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 standard for the the kind of era of of Justice League. Yeah, it's not. I agree. Um, I I like it's not as cartoony as sometimes um, Ed McGinnis can come off. Mm-hmm. But I'd say this is more mature Ed McGinnis, and I'm not trying to like lessen Howard Porter a, a, as an artist at that point. But I think if you look at and compare Ed McGinnis to his, you can kind of see kind of similarities, but I, I, I think I'll end up preferring Howard Porter just because I like the, the more refined and more, like I said, less cartoony. Yeah. So compare that to, I mean, the Howard, I really got to know Howard Porter when he was doing some of the, the recent, the rebirth flash stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that style, which I think is definitely different than what we get in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about what do you think of that? Yeah, again, he's just he's continuing kind of refining at that point. So, I mean, he is. I think his art style is. Uh, he would not be necessarily someone I would put on like my top five artists. Yeah, but he is definitely a, a, a very good artist and one that can, you could put him probably on every single book, any, any book at that point uh, of any of these leaguers. Mm-hmm. And I think it would very much work certain yeah. like other swords. Like I would not see him as being, Oh, I'd love him on, on Hellblazer. No, his art doesn't work. Like he has to kind of stick with these costumed heroes gotcha. at that point to, to really do it. But I mean, I, I, as I said, it's, not my top, not my top artist, but I, if I were to see his artwork out in, in these kind of books, I was like, yeah, this, this works. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. you know what I would say? What? I would love to see him if he's never done it, but I mean, we saw a little hints of it when he's in the secret files, um, would be, uh, you know, new gods. I think he'd mm-hmm. be really good at new gods. That, yeah, because there's, there's something about, I think his style now that there's a there's a playfulness about it, but almost like just enough of uh, whether it's borders or just a, a few little um, few little marks that throws a little bit of maturity onto it. Mm-hmm. So it's playful, but also has a little bit of oh yeah, this could be a this could be a more mature story, not a um, in all ages. And so I think yeah, definitely for him to play in that in play with the new gods and the new gods sandbox. That could be, that could be really interesting. Yeah. Um, adding some depth to some of those, uh, settings and, um, character designs. So, yeah, that'd be cool. All right, Howard, come on, Howard, let's do this. <laughs> Get you and Tom. There you go. Your next project. There you go. <laughs> new gods. Uh, do you want to bring up anything else before we start to get to some questions? Are there any aspects we didn't uh, touch on? No, I, th- I, I mean, if, if you wanted to, you know, kind of talk about the ending of it at that point. Yeah. Duh, Ryan, man, <laughs> let's, yeah, the, as we, so there you go. Of We know that by the end, they're going to get, they're going to be normal, save the mm-hmm. world, etc. However, the relationship of the league and Batman, 
that mm-hmm. that has been damaged. That has been affected. Yes. Uh, so the vote is now here of there's is it seven? Yeah, seven others to vote on if Batman is in or he's out. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, Mark Wade, for you to leave it <laughs> kind of open to interpretation. Yeah, it's it's more interesting to see where the league stands and it comes down to the deciding vote. I mean, it was interesting seeing kind of plastic man saying, yeah, you know, I owe him uh, getting on this team. But then plastic man's like at that point turns around and like, get rid of him, mm-hmm. get him out of here. And, and, you know, it's the struggle they all have, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and what it is in that, you know, kind of, Wonder Woman's also wants Bruce out of there. Surprising. She got the most angry out of all of them, I think. Yes, she definitely did. Mm -hmm. I feel like she's part of the Trinity. She she knows Bruce second best to only Clark. So Mm -hmm. I feel like she would understand, but uh, not saying she doesn't understand. She has a right to be against what, you know, and all of that. It was just uh, surprising to me that she's one who voted. Kick his ass out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and and you know it makes sense i like how martian manhunter aside you know he basically said you know i did similar things mm-hmm. i i did it i even though i got rid of it he said i'd be a hypocrite if i still voted him out so mm-hmm. he he was he was for him remaining yeah you know and, and um yeah i i just i like it comes down to clark mm-hmm. and 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 his decision but like you said it he doesn't get to say anything because when they come to where he's where Batman's in the, um, you know, the big table room, he's gone. How as flash asks, how well does he know you talking about Batman mm-hmm. well enough to know better than any of us, how you'll vote. And then that, that full page, you know, the next, the last page and Batman's not, he's not there anymore. And Superman just says, Yes. So to you, do you have do you have an interpretation of that? Do you feel like how do you lean? What happened there? How, how Superman was going to vote? Uh, well, just what does that mean to you that uh, Batman left before Superman could even verbally say which way he was voting and what he I, says of, yes, he does know me better than any of you to know how I'll vote. I think it's Batman taking responsibility for what had happened in the sense of he he recognizes that uh, he understands why his the members of the league feel betrayed mm-hmm. um he understands the lack of trust but instead of having a long drawn out process in creating divisions of which very obviously it's a down the middle until you know superman makes the decision of where, what side he's going to be on mm-hmm everyone's already put that out there except for him, but he'll just take himself out of the equation. And that way, no one quote unquote voted him out or voted him in. He took the decision out of their hands. Classic Batman. Mm-hmm. He's not going to put that on Superman. He'll find the third way out. <laughs> he sure will. Uh, I almost want to take it in the sense of. He. He knows Superman's going to say vote him out and that rules and therefore he's gone. But then that would just make a lot of sense too. Of he would remove himself rather than 
Clark to have to tell anybody how he feels and to upset anybody with how he feels. So I don't, yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. I don't know the follow-up to this story. Like, I don't know what happened in the justice league books following tower of Babel. It, it is. Um, I think the next trade at the time was called divided. We fall. That makes sense. Divided. <laughs> <laughs> because it is, it, it, it Again, it's dealing with the aftermath of this and how the league can come to terms with um, yeah. being a league without a Batman. Yeah. Huh. I've never read that one. I need to. Um, obviously. It's, I just it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's it's it's, it's kind of hard to follow up with what this story, sure. this four issues did, but it, it it's a good way to kind of follow up. But it's kind of like, you know, I'll, I'll bring a little bit of Marvel into it. Or I'll, I'll keep it in DC at that point. How do you follow up like something like Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yeah. You know, <laughs> what's the next big crossover at that point in the title? Well, it's just not going to hit the same way. Yeah. You know, for Marvel, it's like Endgame. Well, what could possibly follow that? Now, what? you know, um, <laughs> starting over. Yep. Uh, Batless so. Universe. There you go. That's the Justice League. Batless but- League. But again, without revealing how, we all know eventually. Yeah, you know he he gets back in the league. It's just a question of how and how does that come about? As we said before, the journey. Yeah, exactly. The journey. It's always about the journey. Well, uh, let's let's head into some favorites. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. Balgo, do you have? Not do you have? What is your favorite part of Tower of Babel? Um, I would say just seeing, and I said it over and over again, just seeing how each of the league members are taken out. Mm. And, and like I said, I've, I'm just really fascinated by the creativeness of some of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that seeing the very methodical planning of how each one of them got taken down. Yeah. Good part. Very nice. Um, I think it's issue 45 where Batman is flying in his jet and Superman is there in the sun in the distance. Next panel closer, next panel closer. And then he's right next to Batman. That's just my favorite page. I, (laughs) I love that because for me reading it this time, for some reason I completely got a Affleck BVS when doomsday pops out and he just does the, Oh shit. I don't know why I just, (laughs) that's how I felt with that. And I, I love how it is just one, two, three next page, four, five, six panels, Mm -hmm. no words. Um, but yet we kind of know too. I'm just kind of like, uh, Oh Oh dear. I, I just really, I like that part. I really like seeing how each one of the leaguers are affected by rods and stuff too. But yeah, that's, that's my favorite part. Mm -hmm. So, um, very cool. How about a favorite panel? The let me see. What is I would say I have two. Okay. It would be um basically where we see part one tower Babel Survival of the Fittest with Bruce looking down into the empty grave. Yeah, that's a great one. And then um Shocking. You know, probably probably the infamous one where um you know, Batman's going get out of there. It's too before it's too late. The ending of ish, of the second part of this was Superman. Oh yeah, basically skin being transient, just screaming. Mm-hmm. So okay, 
Uh, I'm going to bend the rules, but we've done this before. So whatever the cover to issue number 43 of Roz with all of the, the uh, suits on crosses. I think that's a very striking image to me. And it definitely, it's interesting if you didn't know the story and that was the image presented to you. Cause I'm all about that. When I choose favorite panels of an image thrown in front of me, my mind, my imagination going at play and be like, Oh, what could happen? What's this about? And if I have that image yeah. presented to me, it seems really, Oh damn, Roz, what'd you do? <laughs> it reminds me of, um, minus having Roz there. It reminds me of the final issue, the cover of the final issue of identity crisis. Oh yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Are you a fan of that identity identity crisis? <laughs> I am. I am, I and I'm proud to say one. it. Hell yeah! We should all be proud. Yes, to and say I understand it. the controversy behind it. Check out World's Finest True Believers, one of our early <laughs> episodes. But I'm a Brad Meltzer fan, and yeah. that was what got me. And that was one of the first um, series I started collecting when I came back to comics. Nice. So, so you have the original issues. I do. Awesome. Yeah, one that's a meet, one day I will meet Mr. Meltzer and get his signature on those issues and my absolute edition. Nice. Yeah, mm. I almost broke my absolute. Gotta break your one rule uh, <laughs> for the identity crisis absolute. And I just I held off. Um, <laughs> but that's OK. That's OK. What a great, a great story. So anyways, mm-hmm. um, now the usual part on would you like to see this? Uh, adapted in animation well surprise everybody it already has been in justice league doom how did you feel about that movie it was okay it's okay um it's definitely not one of my favorites from kind of that era of the animation but it was cool seeing it adapted it didn't it didn't bring too much new to the table with it um i enjoyed it yeah so see i i watched that before i read the book mm-hmm. so to me, the like, wow, what a concept that the book had on a lot of readers. That's, mm-hmm. I think, what the movie did for me. Uh, gotcha. That is interesting. And then I read the source material. And so it is definitely an adaptation. Uh, mm-hmm. Parts of it, you can feel like, yes, this is Tower of Babel, but it also went its own direction by characters that it included in such um, too. So. Uh, I, th- I thought it was good, but as far as bringing new to the table, uh, I agree with you. I don't think it necessarily did. So it's not, w- it's not one of the top to me at all. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it did a good job honoring the source material and, and, and changing things up for, for what it was, but it just, it's like you could have gone, you could have really kind of done a few things differently. You didn't have to. I think they tried to do something different, but it just struck as that's eh, cliche. You didn't, you didn't push the envelope as you could. Yeah. Which so. I was meaning to watch it before we recorded and being an adult sometimes just sticks. <laughs> I didn't even dream about trying to fit that in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Foolish thinking on my part. Like, come on, Ryan. <laughs> um, do you have any final thoughts on tower of Babel that you'd like to share? Uh, again, it, it had been a, a, it had been a, couple, a good couple of years since I had reread it, and uh, I definitely enjoyed it. It took me back to that era of superhero comics where I always forget sometimes Mark Wade can be very wordy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but you can see 
he wants every single of the main cast on either side to have their moment. And I think that's one thing this series does is everyone has, you can see the struggle they're all going through and you can really feel for what they're going through at this point. And it's just amazing when people say, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. How many issues? It's just four issues. Mm -hmm. Like what? All this (laughs) is handled in four issues. Like, I know it's kind of rare. You you don't get those 12 year long, (laughs) you know, arcs uh, of certain things, but it is a great read. You know, obviously that's one of the reasons why I chose it, but it is again, a presents, you would always suspect Batman would have the alt, you know, the contingency plans. Well, this is what happens when it falls into the wrong hands. And, it, and it's a classic trope. It's a classic. What happens if the enemy gets our plans at that point? Well, you know, we get to see what Batman had planned against his friends. Yeah. The yes, a classic trope, but definitely weighed you know, push the envelope a little bit, Mm -hmm. the envelope a little bit. There we go. He elevated the problem a little bit more and he made it personal because he included the factor of, Oh, but Batman's got weapons against his, Mm -hmm. his allies. And now the allies have found out that he has a weapon on them. And now that personal info got into the wrong hands. And it's just, it's a, it's a pretty fascinating uh, talking point. It's a fascinating basis of the story of that's what this is. The story is really about. And when you can dip into uh, some emotional beats that cause a com- or start a conversation, uh, that usually means you've got a damn good story on your hand. And I think Mark Wade wrote a very good story here. And it's no surprise that if this story popped up on your, you know, greatest Batman stories lists that you Googled. Oh, so long ago. So, uh, if you've made it this far into the episode and you have not read Tower of Babel, we uh, spoiled it for you, but still go back and read it. Definitely worth it. Uh, this is a this is a good Batman story. Again, the journey, folks, the journey. That's right. The journey is there and it's a Justice League title. But this is this is a pretty Batman centric story. So definitely comes recommended by both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Balga, thank you for returning to the show to talk and bring your expertise to um, the Batman book club. Where can people follow you if they are not already? Yes. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Balga. Again, uh, two shows uh, world's finest true believers. You can follow that at finest believers and Marvel Alliance at Marvel, a podcast uh, both of those shows that you can uh, see and you can hear <laughs> both of those shows. On the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network, just search Geek Ultimate Alliance on any podcast app of choice. And uh, but yeah, if you feel feel uh, the my uh, show drops, World's Finest drops every other Monday um, on the network, and then Marvel Alliance, we um, go live on the Geekverse feed on Thursday nights live, and that audio drops Friday morning. You're a very busy man, and here I talk about. I don't have enough time and I'm I'm covering one hero and that's it in one form of media. That's all I'm doing. And I feel like I am really busy, so I can only imagine uh, how busy you feel. But (laughs) check out Chris Balga. He does good work. That's why I keep asking him to come back on. Um, (laughs) It's so tough to say no. Yes, I don't know. No, no, (laughs) No, please (laughs) don't make me come back on. No, (laughs) you're going to surprise me one day and be like, no, I'm kind of over it, Ryan. 
I'm done. I'm too busy. Come on, you, you can only talk so much, Batman. I mean, yeah. can you branch out a little bit, diversify? Yeah, jeez. And I'm stubborn in my ways. Dark Knight or Dark Knight or death. Um, anyways, <laughs> you can follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter and Instagram. That's at the Batman BC for latest episode drops, upcoming episodes, and sometimes, like recently, some giveaways. Right, Chris Balga? Hmm. Yes, I would say right <laughs> because I. Well, I was one of the lucky winners of this lovely uh, The Batman, his new Batmobile for the movie. So whoop, whoop. How it, was, it? It, was a, it was a very nice surprise because usually these things I, I, I just I enter and uh, <laughs> I've got to forget about until I get tagged in a post. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did that, didn't I? You did that. Yes. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, you and three others. And uh, for that, the giveaways always appreciate people for participating. Uh, you can check out the Batman book club on YouTube where it's recently launched, where it's got some podcast episodes, but then also some quick reviews, uh, and more will be coming to that channel in the future. You can also write in with questions or comments to the Batman BC at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, like I said, at the top of the show, you can do that through Patreon, patreon.com slash the Batman BC. The link to that page is also in the description of this episode, as is the Tee Public store where you can have some merchandise, uh, T-shirts, hoodies, stickers, notebooks, whatever you'd like. But if you'd like to support the show and you don't want to spend any money, that is 100% A-OK. You can help out the show the most by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. The link to the rate and review page is in the, the description of this episode. The more reviews you get, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. So... For Chris Balga, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read more Batman comics. <laughs> <laughs>